Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, it's Cold Cabana. Thank you so much for checking out the past shows from the archives of the art of wrestling. There have been some ads that have been placed throughout the episode, but if you want to listen to every single episode ever done dating back to 2010, ad-free with zero ads. It's only $4 a month on my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash cold cabana. All right, enjoy the show. This is the art of wrestling with professional wrestler Cold Cabana. All right, how you guys doing? Come on and sit down, relax. You're about to listen to the art of wrestling, a professional wrestling podcast. It's a life podcast, it's personal journal, and accentuates the minds, souls, the hearts, and lives of the people of all the world of professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Colt Cabana. I'm sunburned. I'm so fucking sunburned. Most importantly, though, I am a professional wrestler, and I am sitting here live in my studio apartment in Chicago. And right before I go any further, this is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. Give it to you free at charge every single Thursday. ColtCommentary.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. A couple great ways that you can support, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Tell a friend, tweet it out, Facebook it out. Best way that you can support, though, ColtMerch.com, DigitalColt.com, t-shirts, buttons, pictures, posters, DVDs, digital downloads, micro-brawlers, keychains, random-ass t-shirts. It's all available. ColtMerch.com, DigitalColt. Com. Hey, we got a good one today. Christian. That's a sitcom, right? Christian and the Jew? Christian and the Cabana? Christian the Goldman, maybe? You know, you say statements like that could be a sitcom, but these guys actually do have a sitcom. They have a show. Christian has a show on the WWE Network. And as wrestlers, we're always like, oh, we could do stuff. We would be so creative if someone would give us an outlet that's not just in a wrestling ring. Well, they're, they're getting it done. They're doing it on the network. Now they're also doing it in podcast version. And we get to pimp that. We'll talk that. We'll talk wrestling. We'll talk it all in this conversation where I sit down with Christian. And it's fun. And he's got a personality. I don't think anyone doesn't not know that. That was a lot of uh, negatives in there. And conjunctions, maybe? Maybe no conjunctions, many negatives. But it was a positive statement. From a positive guy, I'd like to think so. Just finished up a, a very long week. Wednesday, Wednesday, I was gone at WrestleCon. Then I stayed a couple days in Clearwater and uh, forgot that you should probably put on tanning lotion or tanning spray or something. Now I'm just a lobster man. Not to be confused with the lobster man from Maine who yelled at me. I'm forgetting his wrestling name, but it was at a Chikara show when we played the baseball game and he was not happy. I'm not happy either. I got to douche myself in aloe. And I'm working on it. It was a wild week. It was a long week. This is always the longest week of the year, but it's the most successful week of the year. And it's like you put in the grind. You're going to see a lot of people. You're going to meet a lot of people. You're not going to sleep much. You're going to go from show to show to show. I had 10 different events. 
The main thing, though, WrestleCon. And if you were there or you heard of it and you know how I speak of as like an independent dude, you got to you gotta respect and you got to show a little love to High Spots because essentially it's Michael Bacchicchio who's running High Spots who's putting this whole thing on. And he's got a great crew and there's a lot of people that really help Caleb and Jake and all the team down there, all the North Carolina Indians. But essentially, man, it's him putting it up, risking it all. And uh, he does it every year. And so many people make a lot of money, meet a lot of people, make a lot of friends. Connections are made. Shows happen. Wrestlers wrestle. Fans fan. Can a fan fan? Sounds like a riddle of some sort that I don't know the answer to, but you get the idea. I hung out at my table with Marty and Sarah. We did some live podcasts. Those will be put up at a further date. Spoiler, Mr. Hughes came on the show. (laughs) That's right. Didn't take off the sunglasses. Why would he? Who knows what's going on underneath there, right? We don't know. I watch WrestleMania very casually, though, and I think Grado would be very upset if I didn't mention that I watched it with Grado, who at most points of the show wasn't even looking at the TV, had his back to the TV, and was just looking at the random-ass people that were in this room. And that's kind of how I watched it a little bit. Fun to see my friends on there. Not fun to see my not friends on there. But a nice cap off to a fun weekend, meeting a lot of cool people, doing a lot of cool things. I also wrestled Ryback, which if you've been with this podcast for a long time, you know there was a podcast where he was um, talked down upon. And I remember while doing it being like, ah, just, you know, just tell your story. You don't have to, you don't have to bash this dude. And I have a, a, a huge amount of respect for the way he went forward with that. And he tries to make it a positive thing. We had a positive match. We talked with each other. Everything's cool. And I have a lot of respect for Ryback. Mainly because he changed his name to Ryback. I can't even call him Ryan. It's just Ryback. What else? Um, some people called me out for my uh, Naomi t-shirt story last week. Hey, I know I was being a dick. That was the point of telling the story. Sometimes I tell these stories fully aware. Like, the point of this podcast is to be very open show my faults, you know, along with my strengths. I'm okay with showing my weaknesses. Had I known that would have been the reaction, I wouldn't have said it. And I acknowledged the dickheadedness. I tried to back out, but I couldn't. Please understand that. I'm okay with exposing the person that I am. This is me. I've never really shied away from putting who I am out there. I think that's the success of the podcast or the success of myself is that I throw it out there And it is what it is. I am who I am. I'd like to think at the end of the day, I'm a good-hearted person who just uh, loves pro wrestling. Can you blame me? You know who else loves pro wrestling? Christian. And I feel we're very like-minded, and you hear it in this talk. And I think you're going to dig it. And we'll get to it in a second. Sweet Daddy Siggy is a legendary wrestler. He had a hand in training Edge, and his fundamentals were passed on to Christian. I wanted to play this one on the Edge episode, but I forgot because I'm a real big dummy. So I'm playing it now. This is from his album, Squares Off with Country Music. It's Jambalaya. Enjoy it, and we'll be back with Christian. Goodbye, Joe. Me got to go. Me on my own. Me got to go before the beer rolled down the bio. My Yvonne, the sweetest one, me, oh my own. Son of a gun, we'll have big barn on the bio. Jumbo line across it, my Philly gumbo. For tonight, I'm gonna see Mama Shadow me, oh. Make it tough, give two jaws and be gay, oh. 
Sound of a gun will have big fun on the bio. A dipping door, a parking door, the place is a buzzing. Can folks come to see Yvonne by the dozen? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, I learned how to edit. I learned how to do everything. How did you get the idea for it? Uh, so comedy podcasts were huge in like 2009, 2008. Yeah. It was like a revolution. And you would, you're probably a great person to talk to about this, is being ahead of the curve and realizing that like wrestling's behind the curve. Yeah. So I was like, the comedy world is obsessed with podcasts. Right. It's only a matter of time before the wrestling world becomes obsessed with right. podcasts. And I was obsessed with podcasts. And I saw how cool these were and how they were changing comedy and they were changing. Well, it was comedy. much like social media, right? Like it was almost behind the curve as far as like, it took a while to catch up with the, with the whole like Twitter and right. Facebook and using that to your advantage as and well. Like Samoa like, Joe was the first person on Twitter, I think. Yeah. In well, my head. Yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> might've, he might, I know he was, well, he, well, he was also big on like blogging and stuff too, right? Right. Where, like, blogging was kind of like the yeah. thing, like doing a wrestler blog, like his live journal. Yeah, I think hot. I think Hurricane was pretty pretty early with it, and so were the Hardys. They were always kind of ahead of the curve with yes. that kind of stuff too, right? Like self promoting, and which is all smart stuff to do. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just not very technically uh, savvy, right? So it was like you know, but um, yeah, it's crazy. Like when I heard you, you know, I, I obviously heard of your podcast and what you were doing, and I had no clue what a podcast For was, sure. and. Um, it wasn't really even until kind of like Jericho started his that I kind of even and asked me to come on his that I actually went back and listened to a couple just so I knew what it was. Mm -hmm. But there, it's like, it's funny to me, like with the whole medium is really cool because, you know, I like the fact of being able to, because I like, I, when I'm in my car, I listen to talk radio, mm -hmm. right? But what do you listen to? Um, you know, I listen to a lot of NHL networks. I'm a huge hockey fan yeah. uh, and, and stuff like that. Um, a lot of sports stuff. But it's like, if you're listening to something and you're interested in it, you get somewhere you don't want to have to sit in your car and wait for it to be done to get out, right? So it's like the cool thing with the podcasting, you can pick it up, start it, stop. But I've done that many times where I'll just yeah. be sitting in the car waiting. Like, I'll right. listen to a, a, and I'll sit 
and you know you could just pause it and come back to it later. Yeah, right. But I'm I still I'm yeah. enthralled by these. Yeah, and, and it's like anything too. You might think like a certain person's like ah, I'm not really don't think I'm interested in what that person has to say, but somehow it always is to me. There's something there that grabs you and keeps you. You know what I mean? There's something you didn't know or you find interesting and you end up listening. And it's like almost yeah, the cool thing is you're sitting in on a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about it. And I Just think it's, a fly it's on the, the wall. power of the host too. So like right. you give the idea like so early on for me, it's like if I found, you, you know, I, I think before anyone was really doing it, you know, I could have anyone on and if they were a fan of mine, they just enjoy the conversation that's going on. And especially so Jericho and Stone Cold, people love these guys. So they'll listen. So all of a sudden, like if I come on Stone Cold, someone who would never listen to me, but just the idea of Stone Cold as a show, then all of a sudden you're like, it's. I find it a little bit like wrestling, and I right. know you're early to it. And I'd like to get your your thoughts on it, but it's like you can give people the rub a little bit. You yeah, know? you can have them on the show; they can get a rub. Like no one would ever have listened to me on. Maybe Steve's fans would have never listened to me, but because I was on his show, now all of a sudden, if I come on and I don't sound like an idiot. You know, if they're yeah, like, oh, so it's yeah, because right. he has that built-in audience. Yeah. I mean, he's Steve Austin, right? Right, and people are going to listen to him for him, right? No matter who he has on, and because he's such an entertaining guy too, he could probably sit there and just do a podcast by himself for two hours and it'd be hilarious yeah. and awesome. Um, he's got but, there, there. I listen to these other podcasts that like there was a show that like just like promoted other podcasts, yeah, and they played clips, and they're like, here's a clip of Steve Austin talking about a fly that came into his house, yeah. And they were like, this was non-wrestling people. And they were like enamored by right. it. Right. I mean, he's just got that. <laughs> and like the same thing, even when you meet him in person, he's got that kind of, that um, he can just hold an audience, right? right. Like even if it's just two people standing there talking to him, he's just an engaging, like a funny guy. And it's funny with his character that he was when he was stone cold in his prime. It's like, you, you just didn't realize. I mean, you realized later when he was doing some of the comedy stuff with Kurt and Vince and those sorts of things. But he's just a super funny, witty guy, like mm-hmm. super witty. And but uh, like weird Texan wit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, but it's like, yeah, but like you said, you know, that's a cool thing too. It's like, it's like, um, yeah, maybe so many people wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, or hardcore fans would listen, but maybe the casual, like Steve Austin fans that are like, you know, hardcore WWE fans or whatever. And they're like, oh, this guy's cool. This cool commander. So he goes back and check out your podcast. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, it's kind of a whole, um, yeah, it's like, it, it's really like a neat, neat thing. And so I was, I was listening to some of yours mm-hmm. and I don't know if you know this or if this has been said yet. But I think you guys are like the NPR of professional wrestling shows. Yeah. Has that come up yet? No. Your voices are so soothing together. Really? Like you're not. <laughs> I don't know. If, it's just like, have you ever seen that Alec Baldwin, Sweaty Balls uh, skit on SNL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the two NPR hosts, like yeah. the ladies, that's what you guys remind uh, that's me That's funny, man. Which I don't know if they are. I don't know if it's the Canadian or... I don't know because I would say it's the wrestler and the wrestler and me, and obviously you hear how I turn. I kind of change my voice a little bit as I uh, podcast. I'm picking up the energy a little bit. Sure, you guys are just relaxed and it's like almost a little slow, but yeah. like great though. I don't oh, know thanks. If you've noticed that? Yeah, well, I, th- I think it probably has something to do with we'd have no clue what we're doing. <laughs> so it's uh, so it's just like we're just trying to figure it out and just like you know we do what we do like in real life. We're just like trying to make each other laugh and say stupid shit, and mm-hmm. it's like. Um, yeah, so and that's cool that you said that. Yeah, I didn't really think about it like that, but that's pretty funny. Yeah, we, we just, I don't know, we've known each other for so long. That's the thing, right? Like, we met in the sixth grade, and we've been, we became best friends because we both loved wrestling, and we stayed friends because we both loved wrestling, and, and well, that's not the only reason we stayed <laughs> friends, but, I mean, we were just always going to be these two guys that wanted to be wrestlers, and that's kind of, that was our bond, and that was the start of our friendship, and I think it just kind of carried over to everything we've done, and we've just we've known each other for so long, spent so much time together. It's almost like we just know what the other one's going to say and do, or, you know, and I, I guess just a nat- natural chemistry that just 
we have. And you guys, I would say you probably, you probably did like your own for years. You probably did the equivalent of what a podcast was of just talking in the cars or right. whatever. And I was going to say like, it's nice to finally have uh, a, a medium for, to, for the world to see that. But you guys, I, in a weird way, like you guys kind of have had that with the show on com, but also with the skits that you guys did and yeah. just tagging like <laughs> yeah well it's funny too like just backing up a, a quick sec like when you're you're talking about the, the podcast it was like one of those things too there's so many wrestling podcasts right mm-hmm. so it's like well do we just kind of want to jump in and just be another like wrestling podcast but there's only there's right. no podcast of you two right so <laughs> I mean well I mean and that's the thing too we started talking about it on the phone and we'd have a few conversations actually you know we're like 40 45 minutes into a conversation talking about just throwing stuff against the wall and we're like this is a pretty much a podcast you just did one you yeah just we just we one. just did one on the phone and yeah. now we can't record it so <laughs> but um so yeah we're like you know let, yeah let's well let's try it i mean it seems like it could be fun and we were making each other laugh on the phone and stuff like that and like i was bringing up stories that he didn't remember and he was bringing up things that i didn't remember so we have that perspective too from that, that we're kind of bringing stuff that you you think the other guy knows but maybe necessarily doesn't know mm-hmm. and so we were catching each other off guard with stuff like that too and um yeah, we just thought it'd be cool to also um, make it a little more interactive too. Like, I don't, I don't know if you heard the voicemail thing that we mm-hmm. did, but we're just trying to do stuff like that too, or you know, just random stuff. Like, we just thought it'd be hilarious to put a number out there and you know have our producer listen to these voicemails, put them out there, and we hear hear them cold. You know, we haven't heard them before right. and just react. Well, I just think that's stuff like smart that. because I like it, me, it's a whole machine for myself. Mm. I'm doing everything, so like I thought of the idea of not thought of, but I'm just saying like. You've got somebody else helping you, right? Doing all the the, yeah. the dirty work. Sure. You got the interns, right? That, yeah, that I, I didn't have, but and that way it's it's easy for you. But right. like we were talking about before we went on air, in terms of now, you know that you do some independent stuff, you got to make sure that they're trustworthy. Like I just couldn't trust. You're, you're yeah. working with these other guys. You yeah, got to make sure they're on board just as much. It's well, I mean, team yeah, the, I mean the company that we're with, um, they're they're really high end, like great. Like and they, it sounds amazing. Yeah, they have some some big names on their platform. You know, Tony Kornheiser does a show on there. Um, the UFC Unfiltered is on there. Um, the Garbage Time with Katie Nolan's on there. I think Pod Save America is on there, which is you know really big. That's up. In the, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I see so, it on the lists. I don't. Yeah. I never so like th- those are all the, the like produced by the same umbrella that we're under. So you know they're they're very professional and and um, have been there with us every step since like we've been talking about this since August mm. and they've been there, you know, meetings and, 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 uh, um, conference calls and things like that. Just super professional down to the T to make sure it's, it's what we wanted and what we wanted to put out there and then just doing everything they could to, to, to make sure we were happy with the product and that, that the, ultimately the people that are listening are going to be happy with yeah. it. I, I was, uh, I wanted to talk about like the, so this comes in into a post, uh, wrestling world. I don't know. Have you talked about why you don't, why you're not wrestling anymore? Or? Yeah, no, it's not a secret. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think that you know, people are like, oh, you didn't get a big send-off and you didn't get a retirement, all this stuff. It's because we didn't know when it happened, first of all, that it was going to be the last match, mm. you know? So um, it wasn't until well down the line that you realized, okay, you're going to be, quote-unquote, medically disqualified, right? So it's, um, you know, it's hard six, eight months down the line to go back and say, oh, guess what? That match I had almost a year ago, that was my last match. You know, it's just, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, Who was it against? I don't remember. It was like a, f- um, a fatal four-way. And would you choose it to be your last No, match? I probably wouldn't have. I, I mean, it was a good match. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a raw match um, against Dolph, Alberto, and uh, oh, I Sheamus. Thought, I thought you meant you just didn't use a condom. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, no, it was... Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, yeah, it wouldn't be my ultimately my, my last match. But you know, when I look back on my Grand Canyon University, makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students, with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need, from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team, led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Career, I can't be too um, upset. You know, I mean, I'm 43 years old. Um, it's not like I was 31 or 30 when it happened, and I felt like I had so much more to accomplish. I probably accomplished more than I ever thought that I would. Like I wanted the world, and I wanted to go out there and do as much as I could. But you know, it's it's a tough business, and it's and it's it's hard to to um, to navigate through sometimes. And and uh, yeah, I mean, I pretty much did everything I ever set out to accomplish except main event WrestleMania, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it, I can't be, look back and man, man, I wish I'd done that, man. I, I just wish I could do this. I, I've done everything I wanted to do. But you were on the grind for so long and then like, so this comes, like here's something that like now you can do and I talked to Edge about this too mm-hmm. of just like, you as wrestlers, we have that creative whatever, we need to get it out there right. and we're doing it, you know, four times in a, a night. Back in the day, it was probably more than that, right? right? Yeah. Um, and then you're not allowed to do it. Obviously, this is a wonderful outlet, but like, did you even like, in your 30-year-old head maybe, what did you, did you, what did you see like when I'm 43? Um, you know, honestly, I thought that, um, you know, when I started like wrestling when I was 19 years old and then I got to WWE right when I was 24. So I was with WWE for a long time, you know, and on the road and, and, and the whole thing. And in my head, I was like, yeah, you know, 40 seems like a good time to retire. Like even when I was younger, you so that know? was a number in your head. Yeah. But like when I got to 40, I still felt great. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, I, I've said this before that like when I was in the ring, I felt just as good or better than I ever had. It was the before and after that were getting harder. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I always said I would do it till it wasn't fun anymore. And I, I was still having fun when it when it went away but you know then it's okay what's next you know what's the next challenge and um you know fortunately for me they have the wwe network and um we're looking to put on other you know much like like netflix put on original programming things that were different they're something of their own and um there's a lot of like magazine type shows like behind pulling the curtain back a lot of sit down interview type shows so we want to do something that was just completely on the other end of the spectrum with the with like the variety show you know it's basically that's what it is a variety show with a wrestling theme and uh and um that's kind of how we we treat it and how we look at it and so is that keeping you sane like yeah man because i want to know what's i want to know if you've gone insane no, or like if anything, or what's keeping you sane? Because, right? Like, do, do, do you feel that you need, or is your 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 family like? <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think one thing that made it easier for me when I stopped is yeah, I've I had just had my daughter; she's three and a half now. But it was also one of those things where you just have to sit down and assess, you know, what's meaningful in your life. And to me, it was I want to be able to have a conversation with my daughter in fifteen years. I better stop doing this, <laughs> and. um so that that made it easier for me. And plus, you know, when she was small, I got to see everything. You know, I didn't have to miss any of the, the big, like, first thing. I, I saw her walk for the first time. I saw her talk for the first time. You know, I was here when she said, Daddy, Mommy. Like, I didn't miss any of that stuff, which is a lot of times when you're on the road, you miss those things. So you had a kid at 40. Well, I had a 39, yeah. 39. Yeah. This is, uh, I, this is something I selfishly would like to talk about. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Did you foresee yourself... Like having a, a, that's, it's weird because you're so young, but 
if we think about it, like our parents, maybe right, yeah. like, it's a little later. When I think about it, my mother was married at 18, had three kids by the time she was 23, but that's what you did then. Yeah. Right. And it was when I was 23, I was like, man, I can't imagine having being married, let alone, you know, have a kid and, and three kids or whatever it is. So yeah, it's, it's funny how the times have changed, but, um, for me and my wife, I think that we consciously made a decision like, Hey, let's wait till it's closer to the end. Then, you know, that of way, your life? no, no, of my career, <laughs> of my wrestling life. Yeah. So, so it was like, so when it, you know, and I was planning on, you know, winding it down, you know, in the next few years after, after it did anyway, but it was, um, yeah. So we, we, yeah, we, we consciously waited to a little bit longer, mm-hmm. a little bit later. And, um, which makes all the sense yeah, in the world. Yeah, you know, especially think, as a wrestler, right? Well, I think I think too. For me, also, it was you know you look back and and you know you see friends grow up or, or you know even how you know you grow up personally. If you have kids at a young age and you haven't really established yourself yet in your job, financially, whatever it is, sometimes it's like you have to do things because you have to put food on the table and you have to put a roof over your family's head. So it's sometimes you're forced into doing things you and making decisions you. Ne- that you might not necessarily want to Mm. for me also the good thing was is that i got to establish myself um in a good place in all those areas so that you know there's already a nice kind of comfortable existence and it's almost the second life too like you've lived your one life yeah now all of a sudden here's this other life right that can go into a different time and i was gonna say all the other wrestlers that you probably saw who are having children and going on the road six days missing <laughs> things. Yeah. And you see guys missing things and, and, and girls too, you know, you see them missing birthdays and anniversaries and their kids first play or a baseball game or a big event. And you don't get that stuff back, man. And I didn't want to be the guy that missed it. And you, you know? mean a big event, you mean the, the, the big, yeah, the signing in New York. Yeah. yeah you, you know, know I was like, I was like, I don't want my kid to miss the big right. event. It's, you know, it's important. Yeah. $40 for a picture. You, right. They need. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, when I talked to edge, so you guys grew up in the same town. We did. He he said he was kind of poor living in with just his mom. Yeah, in an apartment. Yeah. Did you guys were you in the same uh, graphic? No. So I was like mid, um, you know, middle of the road. I, my father was a school teacher, and um, my mother was a stay at home mom. Um, was he known as the poor kid? No, I don't think everybody ever looked at him as the poor kid. You know, and looking I just, back, was he the poor kid? Or no? I think he. I don't think he. I don't think he was super. His mom worked two jobs. I know she worked hard. Yeah. And I, I think, think she, that she I always had three. And I, yeah, at times three. Yeah. And I think that there was, I think that, um, I don't think he ever put out there that, oh, I'm the poor kid, you know, poor me. He always just did his thing, you know, and his mom always made sure that he had everything that he needed. So, uh, I'll push the cough button. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, and, and and the cool thing was is that like we became best friends in sixth grade. I moved to the, the town that we were in in sixth grade. Do you remember the moment? Yeah, I just remember being on the on the playground and I had this ninja throwing star and I didn't know anybody, so I was just like standing by myself when I moved to this new school and I was like throwing. And probably not a smart idea, and I don't condone it. Bring a ninja star to school, real and, ninja star, a real ninja star. Right. Yeah, it had been given to me by by a friend of mine. And, Who was uh, a ninja? If, yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently he was. Yeah. Um, so I was just standing at the side of the thing, just bored, just throwing this ninja star into the tree. Next thing you know, I had kids coming around like, what is that? And I was letting people use it and all this sort of thing. And, um, noticed that, Hey, this is kind of making me a popular guy here. So, uh, I was like, 
I made this story up. I'm going to end up selling this thing. I don't even want it anymore. So I started like, people started like bidding on it and making these bids. And Adam was one of the highest bidders. And then I started inviting people over to my house to keep it and, or not to keep it, to, but to try it out. I'm like, I had this like wooden shed and I would throw it into the shed. And, um, so he came over and we became friends basically because of a ninja star. And from that, we started talking about wrestling and we just became buddies, you know? And, um, I didn't sell the ninja star. No, not, no, I didn't still get it. have it. I probably still have it at my parents' house. It's I love the there. idea also of you like it and you like that. That's what made me popular in school. Yeah. And then like you, you're on TV and you're like, how am I going to get over? Yeah. Like Ninja, Ninja Star. Star. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know if it ever came. Yeah. It's, it's the same principles. Right. So, but, um, yeah. Uh, sorry. Why did you, why did you guys move? So yeah, my, my, so we lived in a smaller town and, uh, my dad got transferred to it from his school, not in the town we moved to, but it was kind of in between the town we were living in and where he was working. Mm-hmm. So it was much closer for him to cut his, his commute in half. And he was just a teacher. He was a school teacher. Yeah. And then later um, in my teen teenage years, my parents actually bought a small sporting goods store and my mom ran that during the day while my dad was still teaching. That's cute. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how Adam and I became friends and, and um, yeah, I mean, he was like, he became part of the family, you know, he was, um, open door policy at my, at my house, you know, he could walk in the front door, sit down at, and have food, drink, whatever. He was always invited over for dinner. He, a lot of times he stayed for the weekend at my house. He went on family trips, you know, cause obviously he didn't get to go on a lot of family trips and mm-hmm. things like that with, but he said with like a, my grandparents, my dad was born and raised just outside of Philadelphia. And, um, so we would go down there and visit my family down there for a week or two, sometimes at the end of the summer at Christmas time. And sometimes he would jump in the van and come with us on a family trip. You know, it was just like, that's the way it was. Yeah. He was family and still is. So it's, um, um, Where's so I think, I think he had that too, you know, like he didn't, he didn't grow up without a, without a father, but like my dad, not saying that my dad was like his dad or anything like that, but there was always that, you know, he always gave Adam a hug when he came in and always sat down and talked to him and always, you know, my family was there for him mm-hmm. and in the same way his mom was for me. And, and that's just the way it was. Where did, uh, is your other, you, you said you had two other siblings. Yeah, I do. Yeah. What are they? Boy, girl, girl, boy. Uh, two, uh, we had, my, my parents had three boys. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm the middle of three. Are they obsessed with wrestling? No, they're not. Like they were, they were like obviously like every kid. And then where are you at in the lineage of that? As far as where, middle of yeah, middle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. You probably just said, I that. just did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not paying attention to me. No, I am. That's why our tag team didn't work. Thanks. <laughs> yes, the one we'll time. We'll talk we about tagged. that later. Right. Um, so, okay, so you're in the middle and you don't, they don't get obsessed with it like you did. Well, they did, you know, and it was like, the, but they weren't like super obsessed. Like they, they also had a, other interests. Like my younger brother became interested in um, guitar and, be, and was, became a pretty good musician and a guitar teacher down the line. And, and my older brother just, yeah, he lost interest doing other things as well. And I just stayed into it. And Adam and I both stayed into it to the point where we would like steal um, notebooks from school and we would bring them home and we'd write these dream matches in the book. And then we'd, after school, we'd push the, the furniture out of the, the front room of my house and we would do the matches. Mm. Like for instance, and I was just telling Scott Hall this when I saw him in, uh, in Orlando that, um, one of the dream matches was, I would love it if it has, if it has nothing to do with him. No, it would be better, <laughs> it was Andre right? yeah. versus Big John Studd. Well, Scott, well, you would have loved yeah. it. <laughs> it was, well, one of the matches was the AWA Scott Hall yeah. against Hulk Hogan. WWF champion and that was one of the dream matches just because of the, the, the size of them and the, the way they were built they were very similar we're like, did you oh, get I mean, AWA? we did yeah we, got, we had so much wrestling when I was when I was growing up we had on Mondays we had Stampede Wrestling 
So I would rush home from school because it was on at 4.30 on, on TSN, which is the Canadian equivalent of ESPN. And then on Wednesdays, also on TSN, they would show at 5 o'clock, they would show AWA. And then uh, Saturdays was the Canadian feed of WWE. And then we get the Buffalo feed at 1. So we've, And then at, at 7 p.m., they also had a special uh, uh, Canadian version of um, – a WWE show, but at the end they always did the Maple Leaf Gardens main event. Oh, so nice. they would t- they would show a match that was on a house show or a live event, and that would be the the main event match for that show, which made it kind of different and cool. And like you know, Maple Leaf Gardens at the time had this awesome setup where they had the, they had the the ramp where you actually stepped up and you walked out on the ramp, and it was like like kind of level with the ring, like you know? Starcade style. Or yeah, yeah, Champions yeah, very much so. Yep. Right. And at the time, that was the only. The only place that did it. I always it thought that was cool. Yeah, shit it was too, cool. Yeah, right? and then you go out and do a little spot out on that. I remember, yeah. I remember being at a show. The first show that I was at, somebody did a little spot out there where they threw the guy off the ropes and backdropped him on the. But threw him like they were out there fighting, and he threw him off the ropes on the outside, and right. he bounced back and he backdropped him on the on the the um, the ramp. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. Was it not until later, like that you? Did you talk to the wrestlers and realize that you were lucky that you had all this wrestling? Because I feel I didn't have that much wrestling. Yeah, no, we did. Yeah, super lucky, you know. And, and it's then, not like the internet was around. And, no, you know, yeah. Maybe VHS yeah. trading. And then even later on, like in the late 80s or even early 90s, like at 1 o'clock in the morning, we started getting WCW. Mm. And we were we never <laughs> That was had the only that. WCW you got. Yeah, that was it. And um, sorry, on Sundays also, we got international wrestling from Montreal. And um, that was, you know, the like, um, Dino Bravo um, Bruiser Brody was so there. So you guys were to you Martel. were all these guys just stars, or did you could you tell that Hogan was like like the other guys? To were, me, everybody that was wrestling on television was a superstar. I was yeah. yeah, and like actually, we got the, even on Saturday afternoons at like three or four, we got this really bad wrestling from Vancouver, BC called it was called All Star Wrestling, and they had um, man, I think Moondog Moretti was like there. Uh, this guy Wojo the BC Hulk. Um, the frog was like a mask guy. Just the Sergeant frog. Al Tomko was like the old, like kind of you know main guy. I think he ran the the place, but like we got that <coughs> as well. So it was um, yeah, we were exposed to a lot of wrestling. Did you? A would you ask Tyson Tomko if Al Tomko was? I did. He didn't know what I was talking about. He, of course, he no. <laughs> I like, what? I was like, no. Never mind. I guess you're not. So. Um, it's so. What's fun? I guess for my era of like fandom, right, mm-hmm. and maybe quote unquote smart markiness as a. 16 year old which i'm sure you were too right like you read the pwi sure so like probably the way you were i remember like christian cage and the pwi right. and showing these smaller yeah like these were the next guys to break out but yeah. you hadn't gone to that dojo yet you know yeah. what i'm saying or maybe you were just going yeah. so like my thing was like i grew up like that too like i collected all the wrestling magazines and that's how i knew stuff was going on in puerto rico or in portland oregon or um you know down in, in Memphis or wherever it was. Like I followed like everybody I saw in these magazines also to me was a superstar. Mm-hmm. So even when they came to WWF, even if they had a different name or whatever, I'd be like that's so-and-so from, you know, that's, that's crush. That's Brian Adams from Portland. You know, right. I knew who it was. So it's um, to me when I first started wrestling and then it was kind of the infancy of the, the internet as well. Right. So it was very much, uh, and especially with, with wrestling being on it. So to me, what I was trying to do is go around to all these different places. So, you know, in PWI, they used to put these, the little, like, they had these little, this, these two pages, and they were all little squares of all the shows that were happening and the results of all these shows, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
Michigan, New York, Pennsylvania, um, Ontario, Canada. Like I would always try to be on all these shows. So when people open their PWI, they'd be like, oh, he's wrestling here. He's in Pennsylvania. He's in New York. He's in Michigan. He's in Ontario. Um, he's in Massachusetts. So it's like, oh man, this guy's all over the place. He must be good. You know, in, in my mind, that was like, people saw my name and I was all over the place. I was doing something. So, so for, I was trying to like, you know. Make, for me, it was the same thought process. Right. Which is wild because it takes so long like as opposed to the internet now, like yeah. it's such a long con game yeah. that we didn't even think about. Right. We just, we just had to do yeah. because by the time you go and by the time someone finally like realizes and keeps reading your name over and over again, yep. you put all these miles on just and hoping to get in this one publication. Right. That's not even like, it's not on your phone. It's you have to go to Walgreens yeah. or you have to go yeah, to yeah. CVS. Yeah. And that was your, th- I mean, it's, we were very like minded in the same way. Yeah. And I, I mean, and like I said to me, when I grew up, I saw those names in those magazines. And to me, they were stars. So that's what I had to do. Mm-hmm. And that was just my mindset on it. And like I said, I just wanted to try to get my name out there any way I could. And that was the best way at the time was, you know, for wrestling fans reading magazines and, you know. And did, did Siki train you? Uh, so Siki was kind of on his way out of the gym when I went there. It was just basically Ron Hutchison mm-hmm. that trained me. But all the principles that Siki had taught obviously were still there, but with Ron's spin on them. But Ron was basically the only trainer when I went. So, like, you have that thought process of I'm going to get out there. But sometimes, like, when, when I go to when I went to wrestling school, like, they kind of, and I don't know if it's the same way. And Ron, Ron was in it for a good amount of time. So, yeah. like, they can kind of re brainwash you a little right. bit, or they put their spin on, and then you become very influenced, and you're like, yeah, whatever he says is the way it is. Right. And so, I don't know. Were you the only one that started going all the way, all around? No, I think it was the mindset of a lot of the guys that were in there. Um, Adam was there, obviously. Uh, and did he implement that on, on guys? Like, hey, you should be going around? He just, well, his main thing was, is, and he was super honest with me, and that's the thing that I always admired about Ron from the start. So what happened was, is Adam had won this wrestling contest. It's been documented. He won the uh, like a essay writing contest. Mm-hmm. He went in. They trained him for free. He, they saw him. They liked him. They loved, loved his essay. They trained him for free. So... Um, and his SI, his SI, and his SA, yeah, SA Rios. He, um, <laughs> so uh, he, um, Sports Illustrated, right? SI. Yeah, PWI that one. So, uh, so I would, uh, it was downtown Toronto and it was about 40 minutes from where we were living. So he didn't have a car. So I would borrow my mom's car at times and I would drive him down to his training. And I would, because of that, I would kind of sit in the corner and I'd watch and I kind of even, not even realizing I was picking things up, but I was kind of picking things up knowing that I was going to do this at some point. So, when I went to college uh, a year later, I had to get a student loan for my college. And I didn't really want to go to college, but I went because I thought that's what I had to do. My parents wanted me to do it, blah, blah, blah. But to me, this is also an opportunity because from the student loan, I got a bunch of extra money that I was supposed to use for food and like, you know, things that you need. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, to me, I needed wrestling training. Yeah. So I took that money and I paid for my wrestling training. I didn't eat much that semester or that year. But I got to train to wrestle on the weekends. So did you figure out how to rationalize it out? I did. I, money well, was? yeah, it was basically like potatoes and uh, and macaroni and cheese and cereal. That was pretty much what I ate for like a year. Cheap stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I paid for my... I, I went in, I, I met with Ron, and we worked out this payment plan. And um, he said, this is how much it's going to cost you to train. He looked me up and down, looked me in the eyes and said, you're probably not going to make it. Hey. Do you still want to do this? And I said, 100%, absolutely. But that was, to me, like he could have said... Oh man, you're going to be a big star. Give me all your money. But he didn't say that, you know? 
Later, did, did he say that to everybody or I, I mean, specifically? I, I think, no, I don't think it was specifically me. I think that he just wanted everybody to know how hard it is, that don't expect you to come in here, train, and then go be a superstar, and you're going to make millions of dollars. It doesn't work like that. And I think that he was just being honest, and that's just the way that that's his character. That's the way he is. And I remember also when we started training, and I started talking to him about doing shows, he's like, you're not ready yet. I was like, yeah, yeah, but Ron, I see these guys on shows, and I don't think they're better than me because they might not be better than, than you. But you're not leaving here until I think you're ready because I don't care if you embarrass yourself, but you're not going to embarrass me. And I also appreciated that. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted his guys to go out there and guys and girls to go out there and to be the best people on the show, be well trained, be, you know, be what you're supposed to be when you're a professional. But how come? So being similar minded, I'm talking about a thing in a second. How come you didn't know that? Like I should probably wait for my training. I think I was just okay. over anxious. You know what I mean? I just wanted, like I saw guys that were ahead of me, like Adam was a little bit ahead of me because he'd been training longer and they were out there wrestling on shows. Joey Legend was there. He was wrestling on shows. Um, another guy that was there, Rob Fuego, he was wrestling on shows. Um, another f- close friend of mine who's not in the business, hasn't been for, for a lot of years, but a guy that taught me so much, a guy named Keith Asun used to wrestle as Zach Wilde. He was out there wrestling shows. And I remember him specifically when I was living, we lived in this townhouse at college. He was, um, like I said, you know, he was a short guy, not the, the, the typical like wrestling build, you know, kind of the same thing, had this dream, but obviously wasn't going to become a huge superstar, but he had a genius mind for wrestling, super technically sound. Everything he did looked great. And, he would come over to my house and we would sit in the basement and he would lock up with me. He would, um, we we'd do pretty much everything except bump in the basement of the house. And he would just work with me even when we weren't in, in the wrestling school. And he would, I would talk to him about psychology because I was interested in how the psychology of a match worked. So I'd pick his brain on that. Why wouldn't I do this? Well, you wouldn't do this because of this. Watch this guy and why he does this, blah, blah, blah. So he, I was even learning from psychology. And I wasn't even in the ring. We're sitting in the basement of, of, of a townhouse, you know? So it was like- Do you look back and be like, oh, that's kind of weird that he- Maybe he probably didn't know all that much back then, or did he know that? He did because he's like something. He was a, he was a life, he was a lifelong wrestling fan, and to, even to this day, like he hasn't been in the wrestling business for um, fifteen years. Probably he just works a regular job, but he's still one of my best friends, and we talk all the time. Nice. And he could not have watched wrestling for a year. He's just one of those guys that just gets. He's just smart with it, mm-hmm. and you ask him something, he's like, "Well, you can do this, this, this blah, blah blah," and he just he gets the psychology of what gets reactions. And it's just, it's, it's, I think it was just a, a um, something that he almost like, like a wrestling rain man almost. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy. When you were like doing stuff on TV, would you go to him for advice or stuff? Yeah. Sometimes he would call me like, Hey, you know, we should maybe try doing this. And it was would like, you implement it sometimes. Yeah. 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 And I mean like too, like you could just like, you call him up today and ask him to watch a match and he would call you back and tell you, you know, all the little intricacies mm-hmm. and what they could have done and blah, blah, blah. And he's like super smart about it. But yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, but like, I remember doing that sitting in my, in our basement of this townhouse we're running, going to college and him just, just picking his brain and just working on locks and holds and stuff like that. Just trying to, to, to get better. Uh, and then when Ron said that to you, that you'll never make it. But I think like, again, similar minded in the sense of, I wasn't like, if i made it to those PWI places in my head i had made it mm-hmm. and i think that allowed me to get wherever i went in my career and i don't know if it's similar to you it's just like the goal was never like the goal was just to be a wrestler and that was success for me yeah because the idea of like wwf or wwe wasn't really realistic to me mm-hmm. uh i don't know if that was like i don't know if you saw that in yourself or uh, you were like i'm going right there like i don't care what you say ron i didn't know well I, I think it was 
I think to me, it was also maybe a motivating factor, right? That he said that it's like, Oh, okay. He doesn't think I'm going to make it. I think I am. And it was a kind of a kick in the ass right off the start. So you thought like realistically, Oh yeah, no, I, I thought that I was. Yeah. And, um, and I believe that I was, but also it was at the time, the land of the giants, you know, and I realized that I was going to, you know, the way I looked at it is, look, I'm not going to get by on my size. Um, I'm not the best high flyer in the world. I don't think I'm going to be great at one specific thing, but if I'm solid, if I'm really good at everything, I think I'll be all right. So did you see the Indies as kind of like annoying that you had to do them? No, I love doing them. You loved you, well, I mean, at the time, was it, was, I don't think it was like it is now. You know, it was like, now I think with Indies, you could probably work every night of the week if you wanted to. Maybe. Maybe, or, or like at least like solid Thursday through Sunday, Sunday sure, right? Yeah. And it's like, but back then it was like we were trying to get booked on, you know, three, four shows a month, that sort of thing. So we were also like, you know, in the summertime, our wrestling gym would close down for the summer because it was like a sweat box. Like it was too hot to wrestle in there. So we would always try to find people that had rings. Mm-hmm. And we would just, if we weren't wrestling one weekend, we'd find somewhere that had a ring and we'd go just so wrestle you and do you matches. wrestling that much then, huh? Well, not, I mean, we were trying to, but at the time, like when I first, like 94, when I first kind of got on my way, um, yeah, I would say it was probably four or five times a month if we were lucky. Mm. And then um, eventually we got booked out in um, in Winnipeg for the Tony Candelo tours. Um, which with, are with the Don context, which are the hell tours, right? Right, yeah. yeah. And we got booked out on those. But the cool thing about those was is that we were wrestling every single night for two, three weeks at a time. And to us, that was awesome. And then you know later on, we got booked in uh, the East Coast for Emile Dupree. And same thing. We worked out there in this, for an entire summer. And we wrestled eight times a week because it was twice on Sunday. Are so, the, are those when you like when it started to click a little bit? Yeah, I think it was just well. The thing is, too, you know, I got I was fortunate enough to to be to be awesome to be awesome. To be, <laughs> yeah, I was like born just amazing, and I was like, you know what, whatever. I don't even need. I don't even know I'm training. Right. I already know everything. No, but that, it was I was fortunate enough to be around or be guys that were that had been around. You know what I mean? So it was like I, I got to to like the guys that I was that I was traveling with were Adam, Joey Legend, all these guys. They'd been on shows, so I was, I was becoming, I was starting to tag along with them and get on these shows. And when I was out in Winnipeg, you know, Don Callis always made it a point to bring in, you know, name guys. He was bringing in Bad News, Alan, Bad News Brown. He was bringing in Rick Martell. He was bringing in guys like that where now when I sat with these guys, I talked to them. But, and I look back now, I was like, man, I wonder if I annoyed them. <laughs> but I don't think I did, especially Bad News and I think Bad News appreciated Adam and I because we, I think we asked him the right things. Like he knew that we wanted to get knowledge and we were looking for knowledge and we were looking for guidance and he always gave it to us. He never was like, oh man, kind of blew us off and that he would sit there and talk with us because he knew we legitimately wanted to know. And it wasn't like something we felt like we had to come talk to him because he was this veteran in the locker room. We sat there and we talked his ear off and he was super cool to us. But he also in turn at some point, um, down the line, got a call um, that he was going to be booked in Japan and that he, they needed a tag team. And he called Adam and I and took us with him to Japan. Those were our first tours of Japan. Right. So it was like, you know, that was another huge experience for Who us. Who was that for again? That was for a, a little company called New Tokyo Pro. Okay. Yeah. Were there weird Japanese uh, like legends that were on that? Or No, I mean... I mean, they're, they're flying over Bad News Allen. Yeah. I think, well, Bad News had a, had a big, a, a, a good reputation in, in Japan. I mean, he trained to wrestle there. 
Right, um, but obviously, so yeah. it's, it's not like they're like the smallest indie. They're bringing over two ranked yeah, homes. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, I guess they had some up and coming guys that were that were. I don't remember the, the the main guys that were there. I really don't. They weren't super top name Japanese wrestlers or anything. But um, I think the main, obviously, foreign attraction was bad news. And um, but we got to go on the show. We wrestled in Cork and Hall. We was there other foreigners besides you three? Uh, and Jerry Morrow. Okay. Yeah. So it was it was us four. So. Um, but yeah, it was cool, man. Like we we went and did two tours of that, um, and because of bad news, he took us with him, and I, that was because we he knew how bad we wanted to get experience and how bad we wanted to wrestle and be in the ring, and he he saw that in us. When did you guys feel comfortable um, on uh, in WWF? Right, because like you were super young. Yeah, and were you young? Were you when you were even when you were young and green and like the young or the, not green but the the rookies? Yeah. Were you the youngest guys there? Um, yeah, I think we were pretty much the youngest guys. Jeff Hardy was the youngest, okay. but we were of that young ilk. And would I guess. you guys would you stick with Jeff Hardy? Yeah, we were all buddies, you know, yeah. and we came in together. And um, so, and obviously, we we started like working with those guys not long after we all got there. And um, but we came in with the Brood, so we were with Dave Heath, and Dave obviously was a respected guy because he'd been around the block. So he was kind of. But that I think, was his first time there, right? It was his first time there as. Um, as a as an attraction or as as a as a pushed um, performer or as a, as a as a featured performer right. as a character somebody that they were really behind, I think he'd done. But people knew that he'd been all over the world and he'd, he'd done all these things. So I think that almost he was put with us almost like a veteran kind of. So like you know people are like okay we're, you know these guys are gonna be around these are guys that we that we want to be around so they put us with the veteran guy to make sure that that we'd be all right and um, scared shitless. I, you know, I was I wasn't scared shitless because I felt like I I, des- I belong there. Um, but yeah, you're nervous because you want to do well, and I think also it was a, it was a different time in the business as well because, and fortunate for us, they were trying to build new stars because of WCW. They were taking all the name talent, signing them to big guaranteed contracts and all that sort of thing. So it was a good time for us that they were in the okay, we'll build our own new stars. Mm. So that was the, the kick they were on. Not to mention the fact you had Steve Austin, Undertaker, Triple H, Mick Foley, um, all these guys at the top of the card, uh, The Rock. I mean, you had the two biggest stars in, in the, the history of the, of the industry, and they're, they're at the top of the card. So you know, business was good, and, and it was, that was putting a lot of eyeballs on the show and what we were doing. So we were just going out there trying to, to have these but awesome I always, matches. I always look at it like the perspective of like, not, you know, I have my own perspective, so that's how I see it. And I see the idea of like, well, we're trying out these young guys. Some of them are going to go. We'll get rid of some of them, you know, and I see yeah. that from my own experience. So, and you see it, you see it, you can see it now how some of these guys are brought up and that's the way it is. Whereas, um, like I was talking with Cody Rhodes and it was, and Cody wasn't on a WrestleMania one year and I was like, are you scared? You weren't ever going to be at a WrestleMania. He's like, no, I knew I was, I'm Dusty's son. I'm, I knew I'm going to be there. Like, did, did you have like, fuck this better work or I'm fucked or did you feel the only time i ever put that pressure on myself was when edge and i split up okay and um because it was weird i was i guess i was a little naive when i first came in that i was just so gung-ho to be there and and you know i was brought into the brood and it was the cool music the cool entrance um the whole package of it was awesome then from right from that we went to edge and christian against the hardys against the dudleys went on that huge run which lasted a few years and then when edge and i split up now was super in tag team mode 
So it was hard for me to get out of thinking like a tag team guy to get into singles. And now I'm by myself. I have nobody to play off of. I need to figure out my own personality and what's going to connect with this audience. And I was having a hard time figuring that out. And I couldn't get that connection for the longest time because I was putting too much pressure. I was trying too hard. Instead of letting things come naturally to you in the ring, you were trying to make things happen. Instead of instead of reacting, I was acting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was I was being something that I wasn't. You weren't and, bringing ninja stars. Right. So it was like, and, and I was pushing too hard and my matches sucked and um, it, it, it was what it was. And I, I, I actually, I was, wasn't having fun. I was like super mad at myself and I saw myself dropping down the card, you know? And I was like, it was happening. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, so I came home one day and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was just like, you need to just have fun again. You know, there's no pressure. You can't go any lower than what you're at the next thing is you're getting fired. So either get better or accept what happens to you. And if anything, just go have fun. Mm-hmm. And I just took the pressure off myself. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go out and do what I do. And whatever happens, happens because it can't get any worse than this. Do you remember how, so, do you remember turning around and like, yeah, I could turn around quick. Cause as soon as I didn't care anymore, <laughs> I just went out and did my, did what I do. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of voices too, right? Telling you like, Hey, maybe you should try this and maybe try that. And you, and because you respect all these people, you're trying to implement it, but it's like, it's almost too much information, you know? So it's like, you're, you're, you're trying to implement all these things and one thing's working, one thing's not. And it's like, hold on a second here. If people give me information, whatever, take the pieces you think you need, say, thank you very much. I appreciate it, but just go do what you do. Mm -hmm. Because if you do what you do, it's going to be fine anyway. So that's what I did. I was just like, oh, thanks, I appreciate it. And if there's a little nugget in there I could use, I would take it and use it. And if I didn't, I would say, thanks, I appreciate it, and I wouldn't use it. But it's, it, it's, I just bet on myself. You know, I'm like, I can do this. And I just went out and said, I'm just going to have fun, and I know how good I am. And I have been putting way too much pressure on myself. And from that moment on, I went, and I just, I, I went back up pretty quick because yeah. I was just like, fuck it, I got nothing to lose. Yeah. So that's what I did. It's, and it's fun how that's like kind of an overlying theme yeah. of, of fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to have fun. I, I do want to, and, uh, quickly, not quickly, I mean, whatever, but betting on yourself, mm-hmm. um, the mindset of like leaving and, and going to TNA mm-hmm. and doing the NWA stuff. But that's, right. I mean, that's not, um, that's not an, an that's not a, a snap decision. I'm sure there's a no. lot that was going through your head. Right. Uh, I, I, you know, I like the mentality of where you were emotionally, how, how hard of a decision it was. Uh, changing your world. Did you feel you needed to like shake it up? And yeah, I did. And I think that for me, I, um, I was almost just needed a break break. You know what I mean? And I was like, my contract was coming up. It's like, I just need to get away. And it's like, my body was hurting. And I was like, and, um, mentally I was just so many years, like I was on the road since I was, you know, 24 years old. I'm now, I think I was 31. And, uh, I was like, I just, I'm burnt out. I just, I just need some space. And if I sign this, then it means I can't get that. And do you feel so, they don't? They don't understand that. Well, I, I just I don't know if they don't understand it or if it's maybe I didn't. I didn't feel like I had anybody that I could talk to about it, so I kept it bottled up hmm. until it was like, and maybe I could have. I don't know because I, I that's just the mindset that I was in. I was just so like in my own head at that point. As far as like, I just need I just need some I just need to get out of the bubble for a bit, you know. And I didn't. I just felt like I didn't have anybody to talk to about it there. And I don't know if I, I, I probably did, but I, I, I didn't feel like I did. So, um, I just waited, like I just, I had the contract and, and you know, I just politely said, look, I appreciate it, but I can't, I can't sign this. You know, I need to, to go away. And, um, the TNA thing came up and I had a conversation with my wife, you know, do I, do I want to do this? Do I not? And then it was like, 
at the time it was wrestling five days a month as as opposed to you know the being in that grind where you're gone all the time and and traveling 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 and i was like you know what and actually my wife was was the smart one because she said look she said it's they're doing everything pretty much in orlando it's a drive you don't have to get on a plane but the good thing is is that it's there when you want it and then you can step away when you don't want it because it's only five days a month and you can keep your mind sharp you're not going to go away and have to come back and kind of retrain yourself like oh man you know you're still going to be thinking about it Mm. and you're still going to have the wheel spinning and doing your thing but you can step away when you need that two three weeks whatever it is you got it so um that's kind of was the decision but it was it was great for me and they they treated me really well and um but I think I knew when I went that when the time was right, I would go back. And um, I also felt that maybe, and I'm not even realizing this, but after I went back to WWE, after being away for those years, I had some growing up to do with, for myself. And you can't do that necessarily when you're, because you, you don't really know who you are sometimes. So like I needed that space just to be a husband for a little bit, to go on a vacation, to hang out with my neighbors, to, you know, drive to the grocery store, not have to pack a bag every week. I needed that little bit of normal, normalness in my life to figure out really who I was. And then, um, you know, I also needed to, that opportunity, even though it was on a smaller level, to work at the top of the card to understand that I can do it. And they gave me that opportunity also, so it helped me in that respect. So when I went back to WWE, not only was I felt like I was mature, as a person, I was more mature as a performer, and I think that helped me when I went back. And um, and that was the time that we tagged with him. Yeah, with well, yeah, player. yeah, we did. We our tagged. One-time we, yeah, tag. our one-time tag. It was great. <laughs> I think I even wore out a Colt Cabana bandana. Yeah, and uh, there's that picture backstage somewhere that yeah. it's always lurking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember because we went out, we were going to do this promo, and uh, I remember you popped me. You said, "I said I'm like alluded to the fact that we were really good friends, and I think we had met like you know an hour before." And I, he said, "Oh yeah, we go back like a couple of car seats." I never heard that before, and I popped live on the. On the <laughs> I on also the said, "I don't know you from Adam." This is what I remember. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. Know. And that got a huge pop. Yeah, but that had nothing to do with, with Adam. Edge. Yeah, it had nothing in but, my head. Yeah, I just learned that expression. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I thought it was a fun expression, <laughs> and then I realized that oh yeah. yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So I, I think the fans thought I was smarter than I was. <laughs> no, but, I mean. It was, uh, it was a good run. It was a hell of a run, man. We, had a, we, we were undefeated as a team. Yeah. But then we just, like any good take, we couldn't get along backstage. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, you know. I, you know, we, we might have been the conquistadors. We might have might not, not have been. been. Yeah. Nobody knows. The ding-dongs. We could have been anybody. Right. Well, I mean, you allegedly might have been one of the conquistadors. Allegedly. Right. I mean, I allegedly, allegedly might have been also that conquistador. You might have been. We, so maybe there was, you know. We'll put it out there. Well, just saying. We'll put it out there. We'll put it out there. Uh, where are you at on the internet? On what? On the internet. Do you social media stuff? Oh, my social media. I was like, what? Am I, yeah. I'm on the internet. I'm, I'm at, uh, at Christian Four Peeps, number four, and uh, that's pretty much it. And the show comes out, does it, does it come out on a day? It comes out every Friday, ENC's Pot of Awesomeness. And when you look it up, you have to put E and the thing, because I was looking for it on podcast. Yeah. Was it? E and the, the and weird and side. I think you do. I yeah. think it has to be the E and the C. Or look for but awesomeness. Awesomeness might pop up too. Yeah. But yeah, but it's on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, all the good places. You where just you get learned your those words, right? Yeah, I did. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're on all the platforms. <laughs> so, but no, man, it's cool. I'm, thanks for uh, welcoming us into the podcast fraternity, man. Of course. I appreciate it. And, when, oh, and you said you were filming 
I could talk this yeah. season two, so that'll come on. Right. Then. Uh-huh. That will. I'm not sure when it's going to come out yet. We, that hasn't been decided, but we're definitely we're, we're the cool thing is with this year we we um, we changed things up a little bit because last year uh, we were like writing in blocks and then shooting in blocks, but this year we have all the material and everything written, which has helped out tremendously. So I think this year is going to be better than the first year. Um, and there was a picture on, on your guys' social media of you guys like in a cabin writing. Yeah. Uh, yep. Which I loved. I, yeah. I could really appreciate that. Yeah. We were just like, we just got away for a week and we had everybody, we just hold ourselves up and uh, we got a lot accomplished and a lot of good work. So we were, everyone's really, really excited about it. And it's, I think it's going to be super funny. And if people like the first uh, season, I think they're going to like the second one a lot better. I love it. Cool. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, buddy. Good to talk to you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Christian for peeps. That'll never get old to me. Uh, for some reason that makes me chuckle and Christian makes me chuckle. Actually, Christian and edge together. I'm telling you, I listened to uh, a couple of them and they're, they're fun. These guys are fun together. And I think it's one of those podcasts that like doesn't need to be guest reliant. And it kind of makes me a little bit jealous, I'll be honest, that they can just go on there, shoot the shit, and have a podcast. Give it a listen if you haven't been already. And let Christian know. Let him know on, uh, on the Twitter machine that you enjoyed this podcast with him. I sure did. Before we get out of here, let's get in some plugs and... Upcoming events! All right, the best way that you can support ColtMerch.com, DigitalColt.com, Twitter and Instagram at ColtCabana, Facebook slash AOW Podcast, also slash ColtCabana. My storytelling podcast, Pro Wrestling Fringe, plus past archives of this show are ad-free, and they're on Howl.fm slash Colt. Use the code Colt, get a free month. Sign up now because on April 17th, up to episode 300, will be taken off the podcast feed. So download those now or sign up with Howl. ColtWrestling at gmail.com is my very public email. Maybe your promoter won't put me on your upcoming show or convention. Got a YouTube channel. I also have a website, ColtCommander.com. I got a P.O. box there. You can send me something fun in my snail mail. Upcoming Friday, April 7th, South Bend, Indiana. Facebook slash Join the Revolution, RCW. Saturday, April 8th. Baltimore, Maryland, ROHWrestling.com. Friday, April 14th, Mesa, Arizona, PartyHardWrestling.com. Thursday, April 20th, Cape Breton, Canada, Facebook slash ACWA Wrestling. Saturday, April 22nd, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. I'm doing the Cape Con and I'm doing CapeWrestling.com. Friday, April 28th, Saturday, April 29th, Milwaukee and Minneapolis, ROHWrestling.com. Sunday, April 30th, Austin, Texas, WrestleCircus.com. Friday, May 5th, Clive, Iowa, ProWrestlingRevolver.com. Saturday, May 6th, Chicago, Illinois, I'm doing a free podcast. Podcast taping at Brickbrack Records in Logan Square and that night at the Logan Auditorium, AAWrestling.com. Sunday, May 7th, Wednesday, May 10th, Toronto and Detroit, ROHWrestling.com. Saturday, May 13th, Westbrook, Maine, LimitlessWrestling.com. Friday, May 19th, Lakewood, Ohio, OldWrestling.com. That's old with an E. Saturday, May 20th, Rahway, New Jersey, WrestleProOnline.com. That is the show for this week. Huge thank you to you guys at home for listening. You know I appreciate it. Thanks to Christian for being on the show. Thanks to Cable Guy, Jeff is Two Stone, Kid Russell, and Matt Jenkins on the music, Dane Miller with Tech. We got some sponsors. Highspots.com, great VOD service, great subscription box, hundreds of full-length titles available to download. That's where you can get that PWG fix. Also, AMA knee pads, gear, mask, a wrestling ring. OneHourTees.com, they help run ProWrestlingCrate.com. They help run ProWrestlingTees.com. That's where you can directly support your favorite independent wrestler. Tweakedaudio.com slash Colt the earbuds that I use get over 30% off for free shipping just because you listen to this show. I'm back home. I got two days, friends, and I got to do my fucking taxes. Oh, fuck. Oh, it's a busy life for me. I will have it no other way, though. Uh, I get off on it. It's weird. When I'm home too long, I get stagnant. That's Is that the right word? I don't know. Seemed about right. I got to edit this. I got to put it out. I got to go do something. And then I got to go do another thing. 
You get it. I'm done. This has been The Art of Wrestling. For Cole Cabana, I'm Cole Cabana. Thanks.